Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Delighted to have Wendy with us in studio for the remainder of this hour. We're taking a look at a really difficult case for us to cover today because it's an industry which we know is so badly hit by the impact of lockdown. And uh, we're acutely aware of the fact that that jobs need to be saved in that industry. And we don't want to contribute to job losses in that industry in any way. But there are also ethical and legal lines that have got to be maintained. And that's the framework in which we're hosting today's conversation around what is going on in terms of treatment of waiters in the restaurant industry. We will make space for some open line calls at the end of that if we can uh, fit them in. You can join the conversation on 021-446-0567 or leave a voice note on 072-567-1567. Wendy, always great to have you with us. Thanks, Pippa. We all know, as I said, the restaurant yes. industry is among the hardest hit. Uh, the alcohol bans, the, the curtailment of their hours, the lockdown, uh, the hard lockdown when they couldn't open at all, plus the insurance industry being very yeah. reluctant to pay business, business interruption. interruption. Yeah. So it's been one blow after the next, after the next. Many of them haven't survived. And I have to say up front, we do have the utmost empathy for the situation that they find themselves in. But doesn't mean they can just take any measures necessary to stay afloat, Wendy. No, and I mean, I've been covering um, complaints of uh, waiter exploitation for many, many years now. Um, so some things go back a long way, such as making, deducting a set amount for breakages from every waiter on every shift, regardless of whether they break anything or not. That is not in keeping yeah. with the sectoral determination for the hospitality industry, making them pay for their um, uniforms, laundering having their, uniforms, for laundering sort of, stuff, of them, yes. um, not giving um, detailed um, salary advice with um, deduction, the deductions all laid out there, um, deducting for um, credit card or debit card fees for the entire bill, not just on the um, the tip amount. The tip amount. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that is very routine and is quite. Um, disheartening to report on because nothing changes and because there are so many people either as a part, on a part-time basis or full-time basis that rely on waiting tables for, for their for, for an income for their livelihood yeah. so uh, you know people don't want to be named um, sometimes the parents come forward and tell me the stories and then the child throws a complete hissy and says how dare you um, you You're know, putting my job at risk putting yeah. my job at risk and um, so it's very very difficult to to cover and I, so the, the this sort of routine almost um, accepted in some ways certainly by the industry the, those that own the restaurants um, norm of doing things to waiters and they the income and their tips it's become normalized um, where it shouldn't have been but now with the world of pain that the restaurant industry is in um, understandably I suppose it doesn't make it I'm right amplified yeah the, it's been it's been amplified so we've been hearing stories of of um, some more ex- extreme forms of um, exploitation um, including dipping into waiters tips to pay other staff members um, and the allegation was including managers. So today we're going to focus on two restaurants whose current or former staff members approached us, and in some cases the parents, asking um, if what was happening to them was ethical or legal. Both are, cons- are located in the Constantia Valley, Blockhouse Kitchen on the Constantia Eitzach Estate and Yonkers Heis on the nearby Hood Constantia Estate. They're owned by the same group. The allegation is that the owners have been duct- deducting 40% of 
tips. 40%. 40%. And I think it was, it was previously a smaller percentage. And I think the, the um, really deep unhappiness um, spilling over to reporting it um, happened when it went to 40%. Okay. So they were only getting 60% of what of, they'd actually earned. Yeah, yeah, in tips. Um, it was being distributed among other staff um, and um, a former manager said that managers were also included. So that wasn't sitting well with the waiting staff. Okay, so before we talk about the restaurant's response and, and the um, the actual explicit uh, complaints here, Wendy, in, in broad terms, is it ever allowed in terms of labour law to, to deduct from waiters tips like that? Well, to be honest, I was under the impression that it was... Not, but according to the sectoral determination uh, number 14, which applies to the hospitality industry, no deductions may be made from a waiter's remuneration, not unless the employee agrees in writing. Um, Several of those who contacted us told us they were pretty much forced into signing letters agreeing to the deductions. Um, So it's got to be signed in writing, and in this case, in some cases, it it was signed, but but, but the the complaint is it was signed under huge duress. The key word here is remuneration, and we can get there in a bit because the um, sectoral determination excludes essentially um, gifts or for service which would cover tips. Okay, so what actually constitutes remuneration? Is it the basic salary or is it the salary plus the tips? It's, it's, it would appear not to include the tips, but we're going to hear from a labor lawyer around, um, whether it's, it's, um, okay then to do what you want with tips that have been paid by a guest to to that specific person. It's such an interesting issue and, and, um, I think we need to say up front, it's, these two restaurants are by no means the only, alone. It was yeah. the, the fact that it went to 40%, I think that there's the tipping point here, but, but this practice, practice of, um, making waiters share their tips with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's fair to say many of them have taken salary cuts, the, the other staff, and this is a way of making them happier. Um, they're also contributing to getting the plate on the table. So, you know that should be shared, but um, do they have a right in a, in, in, a right in the first place to yeah. say this tip was given to you by that table, and we are deciding how and where how it can be? Yeah, if it's a gift, to you. if it's a gift in terms of the legislation, do they have a right to take your gift and do with it what they will? And I think this applies to many, many other restaurants. As I say, that we just happen to have the complaints about these ones. I think because of the forty percent thing, but okay. that it's by no means. A alone case. It's pretty endemic. I, I mean, I'm thinking back to when, oh, how long ago was it that I waited, Wendy? And we routinely had every night, in addition to breakage fees, there was a, I think at the time it was a 10 rand deduction for paying bar staff. That, that was it. Every single night from, yeah, 10 rand went off to pay the bar staff. I'm trying to remember if it came out of our basic wages or if you were required you to see. pay it out of tips though. Uh, okay, so there is a bigger legal question here, and we'll, we'll get to a legal expert in 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 a little while. But okay. Wendy, maybe let's just start by can you summarise for us the nature of the complaint? So you've said uh, waiters saying they're taking forty percent of our tips to redistribute among other staff working in the restaurant, yes. um, and uh, we held this segment over for a week so that the owners would have an opportunity to respond to that allegation. Wendy, they've now done so. Yes, they're obviously not happy about being singled out like this, and um, they feel. After everything the restaurants have been through, and certainly we can't argue with that, that um, they've done nothing wrong and they're just trying to redistribute the, the tips fairly to keep everyone happy. And um, 
they're obviously very aggrieved. But I think it's worth, as I said, because this is quite a widespread practice, it's worth airing the issue and looking at, it, at what's at stake. So, mm. so the owners, um, partners, Chris Kutsia and Tammy Portbale, sent me this, and there is a follow-up response we'll get to later. As a restaurant during these times, we've been through hell financially. Those were actually my words, and they agree. And we have at all times done our utmost to preserve jobs and ensure the safety and well-being of our staff. We understand but are saddened by the claims made by some of our staff as the current situation has required us to take moral decisions to ensure that fairness prevails among our staff. So in response to your queries, they said, um, Section 7 of the Sectoral Determination 14 prohibits deductions. Um, from remuneration. However, remuneration is defined as any payment in money uh, or in kind. Sorry, this is bad written. Remuneration excludes any payment in money or in kind or both in money and kind. Um, Sorry, I'm messing this up completely. Let me start again. Remuneration is any payment in money of any kind. Excluding gratuity or gift received from a customer for services rendered. So that is what we commonly refer to as a tip in the restaurant industry. The complaints from staff clearly do not fall under the ambit of unlawful deductions in terms of the sectoral determination 14 as the deductions are being made from their tips, not from their remuneration. Different restaurants have different tip structures and policies. Sometimes all tips are pooled. Sometimes only a percentage are pooled. The reason it was decided that a larger percentage, they, it was originally 20% that they were taking okay. off each waiter's tip, and they have recently upped it to 40%. Um, the reason for that, they say, is that uh, we wanted to ensure, because we were having to run on skeleton staff, that other front of and back of house staff are having... Uh, they're having to be more hands-on in terms of delivering a good service to our customers. So they felt that they were within their rights then to, to share, share in some of the that, recognition. That 40%, yeah. The other front of house staff who normally share in less of the tips received are paying a, a more significant role in the customer experience and therefore it's only right that they share more fairly in the tips. Owners and senior managers who have done extensive shifts and worked exceptionally hard have not shared in any of the tips whatsoever. And they were quite emphatic about that. We've done our utmost to take care of the staff. We have not made these changes in bad faith or in a vacuum. We've communicated openly and honestly with our staff and we've explained the rationale. We are not deducting tip money to benefit ourselves or to cover our legal obligations. We've changed the policy to ensure that all staff are fairly sharing in the rewards of a good customer experience. We reject in the strongest way the incorrect claim that tip deduction was actually shared only between managers. Lastly, it's not a deduction as no money is coming from the restaurant. The coming money to the not, restaurant. To the restaurant, yeah. I'm sorry. The money is not being used to pay our overheads. It is simply a fair distribution of the tips. It is a deduction. If it's coming, if it's ta- being taken off tips, it's being deducted from the tips. But mm. I get the point. They're saying we're not because we have had stories of, of tips these desperate times are being taken to pay overheads and rentals and, and lights, etc. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I get that. I did invite them to join us for the discussion today on, on air. They um, declined, but um, they've sent a, a a further response, which we can get to in a little while. Okay, um, yeah. maybe let's hear from from one of the complainants, if we can call her that. Um, as we mentioned, the, the the waiting staff in particular were very hesitant to come onto the show, Wendy. They they were worried about their jobs, which you can understand. They're worried about potential victimisation. But someone who did uh, agree to speak to us about this situation 
does so from the other perspective. Um, she's asked not to be identified. We ha- we're going to call her Anna for the purposes of, of having the conversation. And she is herself a former manager at one yes. of these restaurants who says to us that she actually resigned because of what she deemed to be staff exploitation, particularly exploitation of the waiters. So let's hear her perspective. Uh, Anna, thank you very much for being willing to speak to us today. Good afternoon. Hi, um, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. And yourself? Um, very well, thank you. Good. Wendy, over to you. Okay. Um, as far as you were aware, Anna, what became of the 40% which was deducted um, by the owners from waiters' tips? Uh, so initially we came back from lockdown um, and obviously with the 40% deduction, um, still to this day, um, I still don't understand how the structure works. Um, but we were paid on an hourly basis and we initially were only getting like two to four shifts a week um, and then we would get paid minus a 40% deduction. Um, however, we were also receiving later on tips from the waiters. Um, so the front of house management as well as bar staff and runners were um, pulled in with the waiters' tips. So they would be d- deducting 40% on the waiters' tips and then sharing it amongst, um, like I say, the front of house management, the bar and the runners. Um, and unfortunately, the kitchen staff were not included in this. Um, so um, by them saying pooling amongst the staff, um, there were obviously an exception to some of the staff. Um, so, yeah, I just feel as a manager, it was just a little bit um, strange receiving the waiters' monies. Um, I don't feel like it was fair at all. This is a look. It's 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 a very un- unusual situation, Anna, that the industry finds it in uh, right now. I'm interested to know whether this this process was happening before COVID at all, or was it only post lockdown that 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 concept of taking the tips and sharing them was introduced? Um, so no, it was only after we had come back from lockdown. Um, previously, I think like a percentage or two would go to the bar and the runners, as do most restaurants. Um, but the 60-40% split came after lockdown when we were all, you know, struggling um, and, and our lowest. So it was very, very tough. Um, and basically, um, we were just communicated with that it was in order to top up the management's, you know, salaries um, because we were obviously unhappy and they thought this was the best way to keep us happy. Um, so, yeah, and with regards to... Um, the splits, they, I think, as the company started doing better, if I can remember correctly, the percentage did go down. Um, but that 40% initially was a big hit on everybody. Okay. There was a reference to the way this was communicated to staff. And a couple of the people who contacted us said, you know, we, we didn't really have any choice. We were coerced into signing an agreement to this and we didn't really feel like we understood how much was being taken and how much we would get back, how much would be redistributed and how those calculations were being made. From your perspective, was there there, there open communication around these deductions? No, not at all. So um, we were all sent a letter um, on WhatsApp um, telling us that this was the new policy um, and that we needed to obviously agree to the letter and then um, come back to work. Those who did not respond on WhatsApp, um, us as managers were asked to have the staff sign that letter on their first day back um, there and then so that they could have that letter. Um, But a lot of staff actually didn't sign the letter and didn't agree to it. Um, and there was no open communication. Um, we have a very diverse, um, you know, team of uh, employees that a lot of them don't understand the legal jargon on those letters. I mean, I, I barely understand the letter. 
Um, so a lot of the time when the staff were asking for, you know, like a staff meeting or some sort of, you know, transparency of the letter, it was always shut down. Um, there was no no communication whatsoever except, I mean, the staff understood the money was being taken, but they didn't understand why and how it was being distributed. Um, so, yeah, there was very, um, very little information on the back end of it. Now, I know you didn't just walk away and resign in protest. Anna, you tried other steps first to try and raise the issue of what you perceived as unfair treatment, didn't you? Yes, um, I mentioned many times to the general manager um, and I told them, you know, the kitchen staff are struggling. They are the only employees out of this group that are not receiving any tips, um, which was obviously in the eyes very unfair. Initially, um, two of the kitchen managers were excluded from the tips, and then only after they had complained, they started getting a portion. Um, but the kitchen staff really struggled. A lot of the time, they couldn't even feed their families. Myself, as a manager, I was supporting the staff. Um, I was buying them food, and I was giving them transport money because, you know, this was overlooked by people that could have helped. Um, but unfortunately, me being the person that I am, I, I felt an obligation to help. I mean, I was the manager, and as at the end of the day, I was receiving my own staff's money, so I felt that I could spend it back into the staff. Sure. <laughs> okay. So so if I'm understanding you correctly, due to the impact of COVID, there was a, a reduction in salary being paid or the way it was paid. Basically, the, the back-of-house staff, it sounds like, if not the front-of-house as well, took a a hit in terms of the remuneration, the salary they were earning, and then the tips were a means of trying to make up for that in some way. Am I right? Yes. So um, in terms of um, like back of our staff, we would refer to as the kitchen staff, um, you know, the the chefs and the um, scholars, et cetera. Um, And then the runners um, and then front of house is obviously the waiters and the managers. Um, but yeah, the kitchen staff were also on a 40% reduction or a deduction or whatever they refer to. Um, and bear in mind, there is a huge language barrier with a lot of the kitchen staff where English is not their first language. So receiving this letter with all this legal English jargon is very difficult for someone to understand. Um, yeah. So yeah, my heart went out to them, especially when, you know, a lot of the time they couldn't get to work because they had absolutely no money, money to transport. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anna, thank you very much for being willing to share that input with us. So that's somebody speaking who who had insight from a manager's position, position who was receiving a portion of. She says she was, and I've seen some of yeah. the WhatsApp. So um, yeah. I think it's pretty clear that that was indeed happening. What and I think the, yeah. the combination of the extent of the deduction and the fact that the managers were also getting it, I think, um, led to to, to the, the unhappiness. unhappiness yeah. Okay, so after the the eyewitness news headlines, we're going to hear a legal perspective on this from Mike Bagram, a uh, leading labour lawyer, as as to whether it is in any way legal and uh, um, what better options might be out there uh, if uh, in terms of fair treatment of, of staff. Um. Case Talk. What's that, Pepper? On 072-567-1567. Afternoon, Pippa. It is quite disgusting to hear that restaurants like the Blockhouse are abusing their staff like that. We bought vouchers during the lockdown for the Blockhouse to support them during these tough times. And you would think they would share the love the same way Cape Tonians are trying to help them. They should really be helping their staff as well. Matthew Gardens. 
Thanks very much, Matthew. Several people um, distressed to hear about this. Catherine's saying it seems in future patrons should pay their tips in cash and not indicated anywhere on the till slip to avoid managers stealing from the staff. Of course, that doesn't solve the problem for the poor kitchen staff. It is so sad that the well of human kindness dries up so quickly, says Catherine. Tariq and Kormaki making a point that the bigger issue here is really the very concept of tips. I spent many years as a waitress and the restaurants I worked in all got away with paying the waiters virtually nothing and relying on the tips for uh, tips for their staff for their wages tips should be done away with completely and restaurants should pay their staff properly like any other employer as a customer i would prefer to pay what i see on the menu and know that the waiter is being paid a proper and fair wage for their work Tarek, thank you so much uh, somebody else agreeing with you saying it really is archaic no one tips their cashier or till packer or sales assistant or lifeguard or traffic pointsman it needs to stop completely um well okay so wendy we've heard um something of what the owners had to say we've heard uh what anna told us from her perspective as a front of house manager who was on the receiving end of the redistributed uh, tips right now i think it's important we get a legal perspective sure. on this and with us on the line is cape town based labor attorney michael bagram who is a regular on the show and we always value his input he's been briefed on the backstory to this issue uh mike thanks so much for joining us today Hi, thank you, and thanks once again for having me. I appreciate it. It is a vexed issue, and worth talking about. Mike, I mean, what do you say to the restaurant owner's submission that the sectoral determination precluding unilateral deductions from a waiter's remuneration excludes tips, and therefore they can redistribute a portion of those tips to the other staff? Are they right? No, absolutely not. In essence, what's happening is that the restaurant is taking money that's been given as a gift to the waiter and then stealing it. Now, let me explain why. Yes, the sectoral determination does say that tips and gratuity are not part of remuneration. Then what is it? If it's not part of remuneration and I, as a patron, give my waiter 50 rand, I don't give it to the restaurant. I'm giving it to the waiter. I'm saying this is a tip. This is a gift for you. It's a gratuity. It's yours. Mm. And then the owner or the manager steps in and says, I'm going to take half of that because I want to distribute it to other staff. Now, you can't do that unless there is an agreement from the waiter in the first place that that's what will be done. You can't unilaterally just take someone's gift. If someone comes to me as an attorney and says, you've won my case, I'm paying your fee, but I'm also going to give you a bottle of wine as a gift. I don't then take that bottle of wine and take it to my partners and say, well, we've all got to share in this. That doesn't work that way. This is a gift that come to me. And I can tell you right now, it's, it's, it's very well for everyone to say that we should do away with tips completely, but there is a national minimum wage, and there is a minimum wage in terms of the sectorial determination. It's not handsome. Mm. It's a minimum wage. It's not, to a large degree, it's not sustainable. And many waiters are there not only for that minimum wage, but also for their tip. And they work hard and they smile and they, uh, under enormous difficult circumstances, enormously difficult they are trying to put on a brave, happy face for every person who comes in to enjoy a happy waiter. And I can tell you, I, I go out, I dine often, 
And the reaction I get from waiters then determines how much I'm going to give a tip. If it's a surly waiter who didn't want to be there in the first place and is tardy in bringing the food and is rude when I ask questions, obviously then I'm not going to be keen on a tip. But if it's someone who makes my experience so much better, then everyone gains. The Mm. tip because the waiter gains and then the restaurant because I'm going to come back. And so I think it would be foolish of any employer to try and steal that gratuity that belongs to the waiter. It doesn't belong to anyone else. Now, that being said, there are many restaurants that when you join them as part of the terms and conditions of employment, they say that what our practice is over here, and we want you to agree to it, otherwise don't work here, is that when you get a tip, we pool it. And we share it with the cleaners and the back staff and the kitchen and everyone else. And we, steal, we, we don't steal it from you. We do it by agreement. And that's understandable. And I know many establishments that do that. But then the waiter comes in with those terms and conditions and they will make a decision. Yes, I'm happy with that and I agree. In this particular case that you sent me, this wasn't the case. Mm. The management then suddenly decided because of the difficulty they're having with COVID, they're now going to take a large percentage of those tips and spread it out. Uh, There was no agreement or no um, uh, underlying condition saying this is what we're going to do. So we can change conditions of employment. That can be done in law. But again, you have to do it by negotiation and then it has to be reduced to writing and signed by both parties. Okay. What sort of other abuses should we be talking about? And we have talked about them in the past, Michael. Um, Things that have become normalized, as I was saying earlier, um, and to the point where it might not sit well with some waiters and their families, but it's so uh, done so across the board that you kind of think you just have to put up, shut up, or move on. Things like, you know, routine payment for breakages. Could you go through some of them? I think we've spoken about it in yeah. the past, but I think it's a good time we to, have, to revisit, revisit them. I think it is, it is important to discuss it because it's unfortunately becoming a lot more practiced because the restaurants have had such a hard time. The lockdown has almost destroyed the industry, and we do have to think and sit back and think as to what a hard time the owners, the managers, Those people have had an enormously hard time. The industry has been devastated because of these lockdowns, not because of COVID, but because of the way the lockdowns have been used as a blunt tool. Now, I understand all that, but then you can't take it out on your staff. And for instance, uniforms, you cannot charge the staff with a uniform, and yet they always do. Mm. And replacements, I mean, they say, well, it's dirty and we have given you one and we couldn't charge you for a uniform, but the way we're defining it, you've got to buy your other uniform. We expect you to have five uniforms, a new one for every night or something of that. That's not acceptable. There's a whole lot of other, I mean, I've just had a complaint a few days back where they were deducting the UIF from a waiter's salary and then lo and behold, the waiter finds that they're not registered for UIF. The money's being used for... I, I don't really know. I think in that particular case, the guy was saying he had to pay his telephone bill. But, I mean, <sighs> how ridiculous is that? Because now the person gets retrenched and, and you can't go no and get UIF. You just can forget about it. I'm, I'm reading and hearing from colleagues of mine about PAYE. It's deducted 
dutifully off the person's pay, and then they use it for overheads, mm. and they don't pay the receiver. Now, I don't know what the employer's thinking. Um, obviously, people are getting more and more desperate, and so we're seeing practice like this. I know the UIF is a common practice. It seems to be absolutely common. The other one, of course, is don't worry, we'll pay you in cash, but we won't register you with anyone for anything. And look, the people out there are desperate, and many, many waiters, in particular waitrons, are absolutely happy to just get a job. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, well, that's fine. Then you can just pay me whatever, however you want. The other thing is people are supposed to pay at an end of a particular period, end of a week, end of a month, and it should be agreed and you should get a letter of appointment. Well, you must get a letter of appointment. Many don't. They've got no paperwork at all. But then they say, look, we're having a hard time. We've got a bit of a cash flow problem. We're not going to pay you this week or this month. We'll catch up and we'll pay you 20% of that. And look, the profession is so, it's on its knees. And the waiter I spoke to about two weeks ago said he only gets 20% of his salary at the moment because they promised to pay him when the cash flow is bigger. Now, you know, at the end of the day, I said, we can do something about it. He said, I'm going to lose my job, Leave, leave it. Just leave it's, it. It's such a difficult thing to talk about because you've got these wrong practices juxtaposed with absolute desperation. Mm. Um, you can you can sort of it, it just does seem that the waiters are the soft target here because they're getting tips and I, let's just you know it's not fair that you're getting your full tip because let's let's somebody reach, else isn't. It's such uh, an interesting it, yeah, debate, yeah. as I say. M- well, just, it's tragic. Yeah, absolutely maybe tragic just because you've got no bargaining power as a waiter. You've got no bargaining power. Yeah. You might belong to a trade union, but you know you're going to lose your job. You're going to be a marked person. It's very the whole the whole situation is bad because of the lack of bargaining power. And maybe this is where unions actually are of value. I don't think they're doing justice to their members, but they are of value. Well, that was going to be my final question for you, Mike. I mean, this is such a vulnerable category of workers. They are, as you said, many of them desperate for these jobs, afraid of being victimized, afraid of losing those jobs because they know there is a long queue of people waiting to take their place. What avenues are open to a waiter who is being exploited in this kind of fashion? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, I do get calls from, from waiters all the time, but obviously in attorney costs. Yeah. And it's not, it's not worth it because when you look at the gain compared to the cost of your attorney, it, it's just not worth it. The attorney will charge you an hourly rate and it becomes very expensive and prohibitive. Yes, a trade union, a decent trade union that has a shop steward that is alert and able to at least learn some of the law and gets trained and you've got a trade union that has a organizer, a trade union organizer that, again, is energetic and willing to stand up and fight for his members or her members. That's that's a good way to go because it doesn't cost all that much. And there are a few trade unions. I've been in this game for 35 years, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I know which are good and which are bad and which um, which of the organizers are excellent and, and make their mark. But there are other routes. You can, I mean, the CCMA, for instance, the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation, and Arbitration, costs you nothing. It's simple. It's easy to register. You go onto the Department of Labor website. You fill in a 7-Eleven application form, all done online, and you and you make a send a copy to the employer and a copy to the CCMA, and within 30 to 40 days, you've got a hearing. So that costs you nothing. It's simple. They keep it easy, and the commissioners themselves are well trained 
Um, and I've got to say this absolutely categorically. I've been dealing with them for over 25 years. They are well-trained, solid, fair, and reasonable. And they do get good results. So I would okay. recommend that very highly, that if someone is unhappy. The problem is, it goes back to the same problem, and that is as soon as you raise your head above the parapet as a waiter or a member of the staff, the cleaning staff, or any of the back staff of a restaurant, then your days are numbered because they're now targeted and you're looking. Mm. If you're looking for an issue, you'll always find something. I came to work 10 minutes late this morning. I could get a warning for that. Mm. I came to work um, uh, not looking as spruce as I should this morning, and I could get a warning for it. So you can always find enough issues on Michael Bagram to be able to fire him within a month or two. And that's the problem. The, The bargaining power is so uneven in this situation. But Michael Bagram, thank you so much for your contribution. As always, uh, one of our city's leading uh, labor, labor attorneys uh, speaking to us there about the legal um, precedents here. Wendy, anything further you'd like to I just add just to wrap up? I think just coming back to the same thing as, a, uh, you know, speaking for the consumer here primarily as well, this is as defined by the legislation, this is a gift that you were choosing to give to a person that you interacted with one-on-one. Mm. Um, if you feel strongly that you would like that person to benefit in full from your choice of tip, um, go prepared. Go to the ATM before you go out and pay them in cash. In cash. Um, yeah. I did ask Anna, was it just, uh, is it just credit card tips or cash as well that are Being subject yeah. to that 40% deduction? And she said um, uh, they had to drop the cash and the credit card tips at the end of their shifts in the drop safe. So it was cash tips so it as was well. Cash Several tips people have been well. asking that. So even, yeah. So that came into it. I, I think we do need to go um, back uh, to to the restaurant owners. Um, yeah. And they've said um, they would like this to be recorded in the absence of them coming on air to join us. Given the current realities and the difficulties of the last 18 months and the fact that we've been doing our utmost to do what is right by our staff, to still survive as a business. We are disappointed by these unfair allegations, but we do, of course, recognize and understand you, that you need to fully investigate. We reject in the strongest possible terms that we are ever or were ever responsible for stealing tips from our staff because I ran uh, Michael Bagram's response past them, mm-hmm. um, or that we were acting in bad faith at any time. When we took over Blockhouse Kitchen, there was an 85 15 tip split which we kept in place so the principle of tip sharing is embedded and accepted in our restaurant it's never been in writing and is rightly or wrongly as is the case rightly or wrongly in most restaurants in our industry it's common practice that a percentage of a waiter's tips will go towards the bar kitchen staff and all runners this is not done to steal from the waiter but to acknowledge that there is in fact a service team with many different staff members contributing to the service a customer receives. If that's the case, I think all restaurants are, are ob- obligated in terms of transparency to reflect that on their on their menus. And yeah, I mean, wh- why should the waiters pay for that service? Surely the restaurant owners. It's should a, be paying it's for a that form service. of subsidising yeah. the income. That's mm. what it is, and it's done. Univer- it is. Look, it's been that way since I was waitering. Yes, more but they're not. Years they ago. don't yeah. say that. Yeah. Getting back uh, to this response. Um, it is true that due to the significant impact that COVID has had on our industry, we've had to reconsider the split in the interest of fairness. With lockdown regulations and social distancing measures, all staff were negatively impact, 
impacted in the restaurant and having to work with the skeleton staff, all were having to be more hands-on in terms of serving customers and contributing to the guest experience. So we adjusted the tip split to 80-20 last year. Most waiters understood the need for this. Um, and then when the, the latest lockdown, things got really dire, and that's where the 60-40 split happened. This is not done in bad faith, and the company has not benefited in any way whatsoever. It was done in the interest of all staff, in the interest of equity. It's unfortunate that one or two waiters did not see the need for this at the expense of their colleagues. Or the, furthermore, it's important to note that we were that we are aware that there are many restaurants that have taken similar steps as a result of these extremely difficult times, and we have acknowledged that in this show several mm. times. We have been trying to do the best we can by all our staff. We've done so through all lockdown and will continue to do so. The principle of sharing tips among the service team who deliver a good service to the guest is well established. There's nothing sinister or untoward about it. It's a principle based in equity and fairness. Having to navigate our business around the challenges of COVID and lockdown has been no easy task. We've made all our decisions in good faith and with the interests of all our staff in mind. We've behaved, <coughs> excuse me, behaved ethically and to the best abilities under the circumstances. Um, and that's, you know, their take. And I would imagine any other restaurant owners or managers listening would be nodding in agreement and saying, absolutely right. Um, but I think it's very important, whatever business you're in, to, to look at your blind spots and look at it from, you know, putting putting yourself in the other's shoes, looking at it from another perspective and, and then deciding whether, it, in fact, it is as equitable and fair as you think it is. As I say, you can't win both ways. If you're saying that legally tips are excluded um, from remuneration, the definition of remuneration, which you cannot mess with, and it's essentially a gift, do you have the right to do with that gift what you, what you feel is, is, is appropriate? When it wasn't given to you when directly. it wasn't given to you, yeah. you're not telling your 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 customers that that's what you're doing. Um, some may be fine with that. Some might say, well, you pay them properly and let me tip this person the amount that I feel is appropriate for, the for service them they have to given get me. for yeah. that service, uh, for enhancing my experience in this way. Um, it's a very, very interesting debate, Pippa. I'm, mm. I'm glad we've had it. I, I, I think we've been fair. Um, but, yeah, we'd welcome any feedback from people on any side of the, of the of story. This debate. And I'd be interested to hear from, from, from those who dine out regularly how you would feel. Would you be comfortable knowing that that practice is implemented if it was disclosed on the menu, for example, that there was a note to say this is a restaurant in which tip pooling happens? Um, Bearing in mind that tipping is entirely voluntary. Yeah. I mean, some may choose to say, um, I've had many complaints over the years, I wasn't told, you know. That, that a 10% was being added on the bill is one yes, we hear often many as well. people yeah. add another 10% or 15 whatever they feel is appropriate. Um, they cannot force you to do that. Unless you go in with a big party and when you make the booking they say, we're going to impose this because you've got a booking of over 8 or whatever and you agree, that's absolutely fine. But it is a, it is a, um, a consumer's choice ultimately and they are unilaterally, you're certainly not telling the customers that this is actually what they're going to be doing with your money, which you gave as a gift. It's a very tricky one. I want to say thank you again to, to Anna for, for being prepared to speak on the record to us and thank you to Mike Bagram for setting out the, 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 the explicit legal position for us. And uh, Wendy, thank you very much for, for holding off so that we could include um, verbatim the, the feedback we received from the restaurant owners. I think we can squeeze in one quick voice note on the subject before we wrap up.
Hi, Pippa. Heather here. My husband and I have always taken cash with us whenever we've gone out for, for a meal, and we give the waiter cash. Uh, I think that that's the sort of thing we all need to do, considering they're being exploited like this. It's shocking. Thank you, Heather. Several other people making the same comment. Joan on the SMS line saying it's always best to tip in cash, pay by credit card for the meal, and cash for the waiter is what we always do. Um, Byron uh, reporting another case, Wendy, of somebody who's uh, seeing deductions from their tips paid by credit card to cover the credit card fees. That's something we have discussed on the show before. Also absolutely out of line, right? A lot of them have gone from just taking it from the imposing that 5% or 3% or whatever it is on the tip portion to actually saying, right, your total credit card um, spend by your customers uh, was however many thousand um, and we're going to make you pay um, the full uh, credit card fee. In other on words, that total, not just on your tip. So the waiter's tips are subsidized, are paying their bank charges and we, that's, that cannot be justifiable ever. Wendy, thanks as always for the legwork that you do for our listeners and the stories they bring to us. And uh, we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks, Pippa. Just a reminder, if you'd like to raise an issue with Wendy, the, the easiest way to do that is to send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R, or look for her on her Facebook page, Wendy Nola Consumer. You're with Cape Talk. This is Pippa Hudson on Lunch. Just one final comment on that waiter yes. story. Wendy, we neglected to say that there's actually been a happy thing. and quite positive My outcome. I skipped it, yes. So yeah. the, the restaurant owners have said now that lockdown measures have eased a bit and a semblance of normality returns, as they say, we have already reverted, and this was yesterday, to the 80-20 split. So the, the deduction of those waiters' um, tips was is now 20% and not 40%, as it was earlier in the week. Okay, thank you for that.